This is the Elevate Church Podcast. For a list of messages and for all updates about events and more information, check out our Instagram, Facebook, or visit elevate.city. Thanks for checking out the podcast. Here's today's message. Uh, go with me to the book of Romans. We're going to go to Romans uh, chapter 5. And we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 9. If you don't have a Bible, it's okay. We'll have it on the screen for you this morning. Verse 1, it says this, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith. Oh, I love that line right there. Love that line. We've been made right in God's sight by what? Our works? No. By what we've done for the Lord? No. By what? Our faith, meaning we choose to believe in something that we cannot see, feel, touch, or grab in the natural, you know, thought of life. We, by faith, believe in Jesus, and that we believe in Jesus, God says that you are now the righteousness of Christ. When you are seen by God, you are seen as a son and a daughter. You are seen as clean and free of your sin, your guilt, your shame. Isn't that good news this morning, okay? It's by faith. We have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into a place of undeserved privilege where we now stand. And we confidently, joyfully look forward to sharing in God's glory. We can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know that they will help us develop endurance. And endurance develops strength of character. And character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit that fills our hearts with his love. Aren't you glad for the Holy Spirit this morning and how you could just feel his love this morning surrounding us? It's amazing. Sorry, I lost my spot. <laughs> Verse 6, we were utterly helpless. Christ came at the right time and died for our sins. Now, most people would be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might perhaps be willing to die for a person who is especially good. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we've been made right with God in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he has certainly saved us from God's condemnation. Verse 16. As a result of God's gracious gift, it is very different from the results of one man's sin. For Adam's sin led to condemnation. Okay, if we think about the book of Genesis, Adam and Eve, when they sin, what is the first thing they do? They feel guilt. They feel shame. They try to hide. They try to hide their nakedness. They try to run away from the Lord because it's the first time ever that they have felt guilt or shame goes on to say this, but God's free gift leads us, uh, God's free gift to, uh, no, I'm sorry, but God's free gift leads us to being made right with God, even though we are guilty of many sins. Verse 17, for the sin of one man, Adam caused death to rule over many, but even greater is God's wonderful, gracious gift of righteousness. For all who receive it will live in triumph over sin and death through this one man, Jesus Christ. Can we get an amen this morning? Yes, Adam's one sin brought condemnation for everyone, but 
Christ's one act of righteousness brings a right relationship with God and new life for everyone. Because of this one person's dis, uh, dis because one person disobeyed God, many became sinners. But because one other person obeyed God, many were made righteous. Okay. I love this chapter in the Bible. Okay. This chapter in the Bible is really kind of giving us uh, our foundation for us to stand on in our faith in Jesus Christ. Okay? It's talking because of faith we are made right. Um, we, because of our faith and our trust in Jesus, are brought into this place that now we are favored by God. Okay? We have grace. We're brought into a place of undeserved privilege and blessing. Okay? Listen, I don't deserve the grace of God. I don't deserve it. I am not that good of a person to receive God's free gift and his grace and Jesus dying on the cross. But just because I have faith and I have trust in Jesus, he brings me into a place where I receive grace that I don't deserve. Same thing for your life. It's great, great news. And then we have confidence and we have joy in Christ Jesus. Amen? And when we understand grace and righteousness, we understand that all of a sudden I am free from the penalty of sin. And being free from the penalty of sin, now I can pursue my life in Christ Jesus. So what is the Bible talking about in Romans chapter 5? It's talking about this thing that I love. It's called culture. Okay? It's a culture, and every church has a culture. Every house has a culture, and I believe in culture. One of the, I guess you would call it staples of us starting Elevate Church was this. I didn't care about having all the correct programs that you needed to start a church, okay? What I really cared about as we were starting the church, and as I really care today, is this, is about the culture of Elevate Church. Listen, when people come to me and they go, you know what, I just love that when I walk in the door, people greet me, and they, and they love on me, and they, and they treat me well, and they look me in the eyes, and they, and they talk to me, and they ask me how my day has been or how my week has been, and that just made the biggest impact on my life. I'm like, yes, in Jesus' name, that's our culture. That's our culture. That's what we do as a family here at Elevate Church. Just like you have culture in your home, we have culture in the Workmeister family house, okay? Like this. Like one of the culture things in our house is that we don't allow our boys to fight, okay? We just don't, you know? Like, you know, everybody that has boys are always like, yeah, they fight and, you know, like they wrestle and, you know, they mess around with each other. But we do not allow any fighting in our home. We are like, you guys are going to be friends. You're going to be friends when you grow up. You're not going to end uh, grow up hating each other. So we don't allow fighting in our home. We don't allow negative words to be spoken over each other in our house. We do not speak words of death and destruction over one another. When we speak over each other, we speak words of life. We play basketball in the Workmeister house, okay? It is not a choice. If you're going to play basketball in the Workmeister house, you will play basketball, and this is what we do in the Workmeister house. We love the Chicago Bears in the Workmeister house, and we hate the Packers, okay? And I know that the word hate is a strong word, but it's a real feeling, I promise you, okay? It comes from a real 
place, all right? All right, we do, we just, there, that, that state, Wisconsin, you know, if, if it just fell into the earth, we would be okay with that, okay? I promise you, okay? All right, we love, we love worship music at the Workmaster House. Like our boys just grow up around worship music. Okay, they, they know Bethel, they know Hillsong. Uh, I just bought tickets the other day. We're actually going to drive uh, to Michigan in June to take the boys to see Hillsong United. We love them being around worship. We love them being around the presence of the Lord. We pray in our home. We love prayer in our home. We drink Coke in our home. I mean, I mean, it's just you come to my house, you're going to find a cold can of Coke. So if you uh, enjoy a cold can of Coke, come on over sometime, all right? Um, we uh, just, in the workmaster house, just cooks, and then me and the boys pick at what she cooks, okay? Because we are, no, not, not she's a bad cook, okay? Eh, she could use some help, but yeah, okay. Um, I'm joking. Got jokes this morning, okay? You know I love you. But how do you compete with Maggiano's? You know what I mean? It's just <laughs> We're all picky. So listen, we have a culture in the Workmeister home. And you have a culture in your home. You have a culture in your job. And you have a culture, uh, you know, in your life. And, and we all have culture. And what is this culture? It's really kind of like what I would call an ecosystem. Okay? It's just, it's an ecosystem of how you know, the world works in our life, just like here at LA Church, just like I did a couple weeks ago uh, when I taught the next class. You know, somebody came uh, to next class, and they said this to me. They said, you know, I thought this class was really about serving and, and, uh, and, and knowing what I'm going to do when I serve, but it really wasn't really about that. And I said, yeah, I know. I said, I never wanted it to be about it. I wanted the next class to be about the culture and the DNA of Elevate Church because that means a whole lot more to us because if you don't have the culture and the DNA of Elevate Church inside of you, you'll never be able to serve at Elevate Church because you've got to have that culture in you. Listen, we believe in culture, and we believe in the right culture, and we believe that the right culture leads to life, and the wrong culture leads to death. And this is what Romans 5 is talking about. Romans 5 is talking about a culture, a belief system that leads to life and joy and peace because we know who we are in Christ, and we know where I stand in Christ. Because I don't know about you, the enemy challenges me on that all the time. Challenges my mind of, you know, is God really for me? Is he frustrated? Is he upset at my mistakes? Listen, the truth is this. You have a bad ecosystem and bad culture, and it will have an unhealthy ecosystem and bad culture. But if you have a healthy culture and a healthy ecosystem, it's going to lead to life. And so we're going to talk about Romans 5 today, and learning how to get the right culture and DNA into our spirits and into our life. Because here's the deal. Romans 5 is really written from a perspective to give us biblical truth of where we stand, but it's also written to give us understanding about how God works in our life. See, God is a culture. God, the kingdom of God, do you do? Okay. Listen, the kingdom of God is not America. Do you understand that? All right? Like the way God moves and what God does and how his kingdom works 
is not American. Okay? It is the kingdom of God. Meaning that he is Lord over all. And I am submitted to his lordship. And even though he may have views that are different than the life of 2019 and the culture that I live in, I don't care because he is Lord and he is my Lord. And I have, I have given him my life. Does that make sense? So Romans 5 is about the kingdom of God. Listen, grace doesn't make sense. Grace is ridiculous, okay? None of us deserve God's grace, but thank God for it. Thank God that we just have to believe in Jesus. But then Jesus, the, the word tells us in Romans 5, he goes, I'm going to teach you about how my kingdom works and how I work in you to develop you to be strong believers. Does that make sense? Because, listen, we want you to be strong believers in Christ Jesus, okay? So let's look at a couple of verses here. Verse 3, okay? It says, we can rejoice, too, when we run into problems and trials, for we know how they help us develop endurance. Verse 4, endurance develops strength of character, and character strengthens our confidence, hope of salvation. And this hope will not lead to disappointment. For we know how dearly God loves us because he has given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with love. Okay? So point number one today is this, problems and trials. And it's interesting because I talked about problems and trials last week. But I could just feel it again that the Holy Spirit was like, there are some people going through some problems and trials. And, 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 and when we go through problems and trials, it's, the Holy Spirit goes, I want to I help you understand how to have victory through the problems and trials, but I also want to help you understand how to manage your soul through the problems and trials. Does that make sense? So point number one is this, problems and trials, okay? John 10.10, 10, it says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. To steal, kill, and destroy. I talked about this last week, okay? So often God gets blamed for so much in this life. And the enemy's purpose and agenda is to steal and to kill and destroy. Now, let me make this abundantly clear. because I, and, and I don't think I did my best last week at this, okay? Um, I think, here, Adam, come here real quick. I think a lot of times what happens is this. Sometimes, and, and it's a bounce. Sorry, I had to zip it up. I just, I couldn't resist, man. It was just like, it was in me. I was just like... It's got to go up. I was at the post office the other day, and some papers were missed, missed, you know, like messed up, and I just like straightened them. She looked at me. I was like, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just put them down. Okay. Listen, the, the enemy has a dire desire to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? Now, sometimes all the enemy has to do is, is that, somebody's calling my computer right now? Is this for real? I mean, I. It's Michael. <laughs> you might want to call him. Yo, Zach. Okay. Sorry. I listen. I am the worst. I mean, I am the worst. Who does that? Okay. So sometimes, sometimes it is the enemy. Who comes and steals. Just like we talked about last week. Okay. The, like with Joaquin's story. God's doing amazing, 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 amazing things. And then the enemy comes and he, and he causes issues. Now there are times that the enemy just sets bait. 
Does that make sense? Okay, he just sets bait. All right. So let, let's say, and I, and I have, I'm not implying anything about Adam. Adam is a wonderful, wonderful young man that loves, loves, loves Jesus, okay? Loves Jesus, and we're very proud of him for that, okay? But sometimes the enemy will just lay bait. Like, for instance, maybe he will lay bait of a show, and in that show there was a scene that the enemy knows will cause lust in Adam's heart. Does that make sense? You, you tracking with me? So sometimes, sometimes Adam can have the purest heart in the world, and the enemy will lay bait, and he will run into that bait, and that bait will cause him now to what? Kind of fall into a sin or a sin pattern. Does that make sense? It's still the enemy. Does that make sense? Adam made a wrong choice. Sometimes we make wrong choices and follow a road that God didn't intend for us to follow. But the enemy's purpose is always to what? Steal, kill, and destroy. Does that make sense? So the enemy's ultimate purpose for all of you is this, to destroy your relationship with Jesus. Does that make sense? He knows that's where you gather life. He knows that's where you gather strength. He knows that's where you gather grace. He knows that's where you are ultimately fulfilled in your soul. So he will work as hard as he can to rob, steal, and cheat your life in any way possible. Does that make sense? Thank you. And thank you for letting me zip your shirt today. <laughs> no, I don't have a $50. <laughs> He's like, oh, man, are you serious? John chapter 16, verse 33. I've told you all this so that you may have peace in me. Here on earth you will have many trials and sorrows, but take heart because I have overcome the world. Okay? Listen, we're going to have trials. I'll never forget this one time. This all happened in a two-month span. Okay? I remember my best friend, Brandon, who moved from Michigan to help us start the church. He, you know, informed me that, you know, they were going to move back home, and the church was still really young at that time, and, but he needed to move back home. That happened. I remember we were trying at that time uh, to get a new house, and everything was in, 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 in place, and all of a sudden, the last second, the deal fell through, and then I remember I sprained my knee, and then I remember we got this, like, stupid bill in the mail, you know what I mean? Anybody got some stupid bills before in the mail, you know? And, and I remember, and then we were looking for a new building at that time. We were looking for a new building for the church, and we were needing space, and we had this thing all set up, and it all fell through. And this all happened, like, in a two-month span. And I remember just the feeling, because problems and trials will leave you with the feeling of this. God has forgotten about you, right? Or that he has forgotten his promises. Or that you don't now have understanding about what God's doing. Or it makes you feel hopeless. Or it makes you feel like, has God messed up the plans? Or, you know, the enemy will come and he'll take your peace and he will take your joy. And problems and trials comes. But the Bible says this, take heart in him because he has overcome 
the world. Thank God that deal on that house fell through in Jesus' name. All right, listen, I promise you, on that day, I was so frustrated, but I'm so thankful for the grace of God that that deal did not go through. Thank God that deal fell through on that building for the church. Praise God that we have the right building that God intended for Elevate Church to have in Jesus' name. Thank God that my best friend Brandon listened to the Holy Spirit and went back home because he got a great job at Radiant Church in Kalamazoo, Michigan. He's doing wonderful things for the grace of God, and God has raised up great leaders for Elevate Church to take us into the next season. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Listen, we're going to face problems, and we're going to face trials, but we know this, that God is for us. He's not against us. So the word says, take heart in him when we go through problems and trials, because the problems and trials lead us to what? Developing endurance, right? Talked a little bit about this last week. This is, remember, this is how God works, okay? So the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He brings problems, and he brings trials. And then what does Romans say about the problems and trials? Rejoice when you go through them, because what? It's going to lead us to developing endurance, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24, it says this. Don't you realize that in a race, everyone wins, but only one person gets a prize. So run to win. Run to win. Verse 25, all athletes, discipline, uh, all athletes are disciplined in their training. They do it to win a prize that will fade away, but we do it for an eternal prize. Verse 26, so I run with purpose Every step, I am not just shadow boxing. I discipline my body like an athlete, train it to do what it should. Listen, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6 says this. As for me, my life has already been poured out as an offering to God. Uh, the time of my death is near. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race, and I have remained faithful. Okay, listen. Remember the enemy that comes to steal, kill, and destroy? Listen, he will work your life until the day you go to heaven, okay? He will work it and work it and work it to do what? To steal, kill, and destroy, and destroy your relationship in Christ Jesus, okay? So what is, what is Jesus and what is the word telling us? The word is telling us this, that he wants to put into you endurance, okay? Endurance, strength, grit, Okay, because he knows that in this life, you're going to face problems. You're going to face trials. The enemy is going to come against you. Listen, uh, look, I understand this on such a greater level. It's like as the church grows, I am so excited. But the enemy comes at me harder and harder and harder, right? As we continue to go after the kingdom of God, the enemy will come after us harder and harder and harder. And what do we need in our souls? We need endurance, we need strength in our souls so that on the day that we stand before Jesus, he goes, well done, my good and faithful servant. Thank you for having endurance and grit through the problems and trials of this life. Okay? Listen, I, I remember as a youth pastor, I would tell our students this all the time. I said, listen, 
I am super excited that you love Jesus right now at 15 years old. It's awesome. It's why I mean, it's it's against culture. I'm really excited. But I said, what I really care about is this, that you are still in love with Jesus when you're 70 years old. Right? That's what matters. Because I can assure you, over 18 years of ministry, I can promise you, I have met men and women in their 60s, in their 70s, walk away from Jesus at the last minute. Because the enemy does what? Comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he doesn't care when it happens. But Jesus said, listen, you're going to go through problems. The word says you're going to go through problems, but I want to I put into you endurance so you can make it to the end so that someday you can stand before the Lord and you can go, God, I, I stayed true. I stayed faithful. And can I, can I just be honest with everybody? Let's just have a really honest moment. I promise you over the next 20, 30 years, and I don't even know if we have that much time. We'll see. If we do, we do. If we don't, we don't. I can promise you it will become increasingly harder and harder and harder to be a Christian in America. Be ready. I promise you. Okay? That's okay. That's all right. Listen, we're going to have to make tough decisions someday to follow Jesus. That will make our testimony even greater. That, that'll, make, that'll make people go, oh, wow, they're, they're, they're faithful to, the, to Jesus even through, you know, lies. And they're faithful to Jesus even though, you know, they're going through hardship. And, and if, if they're willing to give their life for that, maybe that's real. Maybe, maybe there's something I, I need to see through their endurance. You see what I mean? Something comes alive when you have endurance and people watch you. Have endurance. When you go through problems and trials and you sing the praises of God and you give God the glory and you tell people, you know, yeah, I'm going through this hardship, but I'm going to get to the other side, people are going to watch. They're going to watch because they want to know, is this God you serve real? And then when he shows up and you give God the glory, your endurance is strengthened and all of a sudden people around you go, man, that was cool. That was cool. Listen, people are looking for real. They're looking for real, something real. And this is what the Bible's talking about. You go through problems and trials, and then God gives you endurance, and that endurance then leads to what? It develops character, okay? It develops a man or a woman in God who has character and has strength in their souls because of what Christ Jesus has done. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 7 says this, do not be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always reap what you plant, okay? You will always reap it. If you're, if you're sowing the word of God into you, you're going to reap the word of God. If you're sowing the presence of God in you, you're going to reap the presence of God. If you are sowing time with the Lord, you are going to reap a harvest of strength in the moments that you need it in this life. Verse 8. Those who only live to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from its sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit, from the Holy Spirit. Verse 9. So let's not get tired of doing what? Doing good. The Word says don't get tired of it. Don't get tired of showing up to read your Bible. 
Don't get tired of showing up to serve at Elevate Church. Don't get tired of praising God. Don't get tired of doing the right thing because the word promises this. If you don't give up, you will reap a harvest, a blessing if you don't give up. <laughs> My gosh. Oh, I'm going to run in Jesus' name. I promise you. I'm just in, I mean... I'm going to go out to the lobby and bless all these people out here. I mean, oh, my gosh, in Jesus' name, that gets me excited. I mean, seriously gets me excited. Here's what the Word of God is telling us. If you just don't give up, you will win in Jesus' name. Can I get an amen from somebody? Just don't give up. Just trust Jesus. Keep praising him. Keep, listen, there are some things that I need miracles right now in the next probably 14 days. And I woke up this morning, I just said, God, I praise you that I'm alive today. I praise you that I have breath in my lungs today. I praise you that you are good and you are faithful, you are kind and you got my back. I know that I know that I know if I just don't give up, I will win because, not because of me, because of the goodness of God. Right? That's character. Character. Character says, I'm not going to give up. I'm just not going to give up on the goodness of God. I'm not going to give up. I don't don't care what's happened around me. I don't care what I've seen. I'm not going to give up. You know, somebody asked me this um, uh, recently. They said, they said, how can you preach about God and his goodness and his healing when, when you just saw your mom pass away from cancer. And I was like, I was like because I, I've seen the goodness of God. And, and I know what the, the word says. And I don't care what's happened around me. My mom is with Jesus. And she is good. And she is whole. And she is well. And she would never want to come back here, I promise you. And, and, and I've seen the goodness of God, and I know that I know if I just keep preaching about healing, if I keep standing about healing, if I keep fighting for these things, and I don't give up, I know, I know that I know, I know that God will win. People will come to this church and get healed miraculously. I don't care what I feel. I don't care what's going around me. I'm going to keep doing what is good, and we'll reap the harvest. Amen? Amen. Verse 22 says this, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, I had this thought. You know, when we're going through problems and trials and tests and moments, you know, like, what comes out of us, you know, when, when life, when life is just squeezing us, you know, right? Yeah, I'm really strong, aren't I? (laughs) What can I say, you know? (laughs) But I think sometimes this is how we feel, right? We feel like we're being squeezed, now, when I squeeze this lemon, what comes out of it? Lemon juice, okay? But the question is this. I don't smell like lemons today. That's okay. 
the question is this. When you get squeezed in life, what comes out of you? Right? Does endurance come out of you? Does the Holy Spirit come out of you? Does love and joy and peace and patience and kindness, does that come out of you? On Friday, um, I went and saw uh, the Twymans. They had their baby girl uh, last week. Beautiful. I mean, this girl has more hair than you've ever seen in your life. I mean, just lots and lots of hair. And she's beautiful and she's amazing. And I just sat in the room and we just, I just talked and loved on them on Friday. It was just, it was a great, great time uh, with them. And I was leaving the hospital and I was just, I was just full of joy. I love, listen, I love babies. I love, I love when believers have babies because I know we're raising up a generation that will stand for Jesus. I just love it. And so I was just full, I was just full of joy. But I, but as soon as, as soon as I got to, to the elevator, I, I just, all that pressure just came right back on me. It was like just instantly. I could just feel the enemy like just trying to get on me again. I, and I hit the button and I went down. And as soon as the doors opened, I saw this elderly um, African-American man in, in, a, in, a, in a wheelchair. And he went by me and I'm walking out of the elevator and all of a sudden, I, I, it was like I, I, couldn't, I couldn't control myself. Like I literally couldn't control myself. And I like, like jumped like this. And the lady pushing him like looked at me. And I held the doors. And I, and I just I got on my knee. I looked in this man. I said, I said, sir, I said, I don't know if you know Jesus, but I know he loves you. And I know he cares about you. And I know that he's so, so, so concerned about your life. And I just, I just started loving, just loving on this man in this elevator, you know. And, and it was just like, it was just like, it was just like Jesus just jumped, just jumped out of my soul. And I knew, like, at that moment, I was like, so thankful, even though I feel squeezed, even though I feel the stress and the pressure of life, I'm so thankful that the Holy Spirit is still inside of me and that the life of God is still inside of me. And even in these moments, the life of God is going to reach out and love people in Jesus' name. What's going to come out of you? When you get squeezed. Listen, Romans is saying, listen, problems and trials are going to come, but I want to bring endurance into you. I want to bring character into you. I want the Holy Spirit to be alive in you, inside of you. And then what does it lead to? It leads to this, a confident hope. A confident hope. In who? In Jesus. In Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7 says this, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Can I just, I want to breathe life. I don't know, there's somebody in here today and you've been praying and seeking the Lord and asking God for a miracle. And if you won't give up, it will happen in Jesus' name. I promise you, don't give up. Don't give up. Keep praising the Lord. Keep thanking the Lord. Keep seeking the Lord. Keep asking the Lord. God is good. He is faithful. He is kind. I know the nature of God. Listen, I have, the other day I was, uh, we moved, you know, what, about a month ago or so, and I was in this room, and there's this box, and it was just a bunch of stuff from my office, and, and I came across a, a prayer journal. And, and let me just tell you, 
if, you, if you've never journaled your prayers, try it. Okay, I, listen, one of my favorite things to do is to have a prayer journal where I write things that I'm, I'm seeking the Lord after, and then I get to later on get to go, you know, hey, this is how God answered it. And I came across this prayer journal, and, and I, just, I just opened it up the other day, and it was from two years ago, two years ago. And, and there was things in that prayer journal that I had asked God and sought the Lord on repeatedly for a while. And I saw, and I, had, and I had lost track of this prayer journal in the moves and everything. And I saw this prayer journal, and I opened it up, and I started going, oh, God answered that, and God answered that, and God was faithful in that, and God was good in that, and God poured out his supernatural blessing on that. Why? So I have confident hope in Jesus, that he's good. He's faithful. My endurance, my character is in Christ Jesus. So problems and trials come, but then I have endurance. I make it through, and I have character in the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name. And then what? I have a confident hope that God is good, and he is more than faithful, and God will meet all of our needs according to his great riches and glory, and that we will have the victory because of what Christ Jesus has done. And then what does it do? It brings us to this place that we understand how dearly God loves us. Okay? Remember in Romans 5, it said it takes us to this place where it says, how dearly God loves us. Psalms chapter 118, verse 1, it says this, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His faithful, he faithfully love, love endures forever. Verse 5, In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me, and he set me free. The Lord is with me, and I will have no fear. What can mere people do to me? What can mere people do to me? We have so much fear about people and what they're going to say and what they're going to do and what, you know, what, what, is, what does my boss think about me and, you know, and gosh, I'm just trying to win over my mother-in-law and not mine in Jesus' name. My mother-in-law is awesome, okay? You know, you know what I'm saying? If all this fear about people. Worship team, you guys can come on, come on up. Verse 7, it says this, yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I look in triumph to those who hate me. Verse 8, it's better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in people. Okay, so, so what happens when problems and trials come in life? Where, where do we typically run? We typically run to people, right? We typically run to things that are tangible, things that we can grab, things that can instantly make us feel better. And, and, and Psalms are going, no, 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 no. We don't run to those things, right? We run to the Lord. Now, thank God for, for brothers and sisters in Christ. We need each other, okay? That's why we do dinner parties. We believe in community. We believe in love. We believe in making relationships. We believe that we need each other in this life. But when problems and trials hit, we got to have in our DNA, in the culture 
of our soul. The culture of our soul is, I run to Jesus. Does that make sense? So Romans 5 is trying to help rewire the culture of our soul. Does that make sense? So that we instantly know what? I run to Jesus. When problems and trials come, I run to Jesus, that he is my refuge and my strength, right? And in his strength, in his strength, let's make this clear, in his strength, I will have endurance. In his strength, I will have character. In his strength, I will have confident hope. In his strength, I will see the goodness of God. <laughs> Do you see that? So in his strength, Look, I don't have endurance because I have this special endurance because I'm a pastor. No, I have endurance through the Holy Spirit. I have endurance through Him. I have endurance through Jesus. I have character through Jesus. Trust me, I don't want to do the right things all the time. But look, me and Ryan have this like thing happens. This happens all the time. Ryan runs this orphanage in Brazil, and they're just rock stars in Brazil, honestly. And we support it financially, and I love it. And whenever there is, like, financial, like, stress in the church, because Ryan's an elder, he kind of knows about it, and he'll call me and he'll go, he'll go, hey, Pastor Jeff, I just want you to know I love you. I want you to know if, if you can't give uh, to Brazil this month, it's okay. Right? I mean, how many times have we done this? I mean, seriously. And I so appreciate his heart. And my instant response to Ryan is no, no, no. We made a commitment to Brazil. Listen, we will always give. Now does, now, does my flesh want to do that all the time? No. No, my flesh is stuck in, in worry and stress and, and, and pressure, okay? But I have this character that comes from what? The Holy Spirit. And the character of the Holy Spirit goes, no, I will not trust what the bank account says. I will trust the Lord and I will put my hope in him and we will always give no matter what the circumstances are around me in Jesus' name. You see what I mean? See, this is what Romans 5 is. So the, the Holy Spirit is going, I wanna reshape you. I want you to be strong, men and women in Christ, that you have endurance, you have character, you have hope, you have confidence, you have life. And when the problems and trials come, you go, we will get to the other side in Jesus' name. I don't know how, but we're gonna get there. We will get there, because God is good and he is faithful. He is faithful. The word says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Never. Never. Somebody needs to hear that today. You will never be forsaken. The only thing that can happen is that you walk away from Jesus. You stay close to him. I promise you he is faithful. You will see the mighty arm of the Lord work on your behalf. It is his promise to you in Jesus' name. Thanks for listening to Elevate Church Podcast. We'd love to have you join us for service on Sundays or at a dinner party on Friday nights. Check out our Facebook, Instagram, or website at elevate.city for more information.